Welcome to the Girls Rising Podcast, where we speak with amazing, empowered women about how they became game changers. Today, we sit down with Suzanne Westenhofer, and if there's one thing Suzanne does, it's tell the truth. And the truth is, life is funny, especially when it's fermented in Suzanne's mind. She also happens to be a very generous treasure trove of life experience. As only Suzanne can do, she takes us from damsels in distress to Karen Carpenter to how female performers will change the world. So join us as the conversation goes off the rails. We're here with Suzanne Westenhofer. He is a groundbreaking and brutally honest comic. She's been in the business for 25 years and is a trailblazer. Suzanne, you were the first openly lesbian comic on Letterman and to, yes, have, and to have your true. own HBO special. And that is true. The reason we have you here today, the reason we've called you here, yes. is because uh, in 2015, Antigone Rising started our own nonprofit. We are trying to uh, increase visibility of uh, women who have been successful in careers that are not typically dominated by women. Oh. oh. So, yeah. Well, tell us the Well, beginning. because it hasn't gotten better. Right. When I, start, I started stand up in 1990, and that was a time period when you would go into a club and you would want to get up to do your 15 minutes, you know, and you would. And they would say, well, we already had a woman, or we have a woman performing tonight. We can identify. That has not changed. I hear it from younger gals who they're like, I just started stand-up two years ago, and I'm I'm from Atlanta, and I go to the clubs, and I can't get up because there's this other woman in town. And you're like, oh, my God. And they will not let Well, what's the ratio then how many men are on the on the bill? That's fine. Well, there can be eight eight. to ten comics a night that can be in a club in a major city. But it can't. They don't want to have more than one woman. So, wow. so what drew you to comedy then? How did you even know you could be a comic? When you were young, as a young girl, did you like comedy? Who did you aspire to be like? I actually thought I was going to be a famous movie star. It's so close. It's and now, just missed it. Well, who were, were there? Why? <laughs> did you want to be a famous movie star because there were women that you wanted to emulate? I watched the reruns of this show called The Big Valley. It was a '60s. Um, show, Western. Barbara Stanwyck was the mom, and she had sons, and she had a daughter. And in every episode, the daughter, who was beautiful, she would be chased, and she would fall. Okay, that would happen like every episode. Like, you know, and she would have to be rescued. She would have to be rescued by her brother or her brother's friend. Like yeah. that was the storyline around that was her. her. Yeah, she was the captain. Here at the show that was on, correct. Whereas the mom, which was, who was Barbara Stanwyck at the time, she would actually sometimes, like, she would be the one who would run through the field and trip and then jump back up. And it was like, hey, wait. So women don't have to be rescued every time. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be that person in movies. I always knew I wanted to be an entertainer. Right. Like, I knew that from birth. I never wanted to do any other job. It never even occurred to me, like, to be a teacher, to be a dentist, to be a vet. Right. It never even right. occurred to me. I wanted to be an entertainer. And what I saw um, on television and in the movies, there was only once in a while would you see these women who were I, I, not heroes, not science fiction-y, not that kind of thing, but women who didn't have to be rescued. Right. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a woman who didn't have to be rescued. I wanted to be that woman. You did not want to be the damsel in distress. I did not want to be the damsel in distress. <laughs> right. I wanted to look like her. Yeah. Well. <laughs> a dichotomy I have Fine line. Yes. Well, Fine line. Yeah. Oddly I wanted enough, to be the pretty girl, but I wanted to do the rescuing. Well, in your right. career, you haven't been a damsel in distress. You've been the exact opposite. So maybe not the movie star... No. But in 
in your comic. What happened is I I went to college um, for and uh, to get a BFA in acting and. Well, at college, I learned that I was a lesbian by having sex with a girl. <laughs> it wasn't in a textbook that you read? No, it was not. And it wasn't even, and at the time, it wasn't even something I would think was an option. Because at that time, if you think the 70s, a lesbian was a woman who didn't like men who played sports. That was all there. That was it. That was just the way it was. And I liked men, and I didn't play sports, so I thought I wasn't a lesbian. I became a, you. I, I, know, I became an activist, started a gay group on campus and all that kind of stuff, so that when I got to, I was living in New Jersey right outside New York to try to be an actor and all that, um, I was frightened by the entire process and I became this awesome bartender at the Hula Hands in Secaucus, New Jersey. And um, pretty soon you turn around and 10 years has passed and you have not become an actor and you have not done that, but you're bartending and you're an activist and I was in Queer Nation and right. ACT well, UP and Lesbian Avengers. Right. right, and then um, somebody said to me, this is actually when I was bartending, they said, you know, you're as funny as this woman we saw on HBO, why don't, why don't you do stand-up? And I was like, oh, I couldn't possibly because I'm, I'm lesbian and everybody knows I'm lesbian and I'm, I'm not gonna get on stage and all of a sudden have a boyfriend. Right. Oh, that's actually so, happening. Do you find that it was, as a woman, uh, it's hard enough? It is. As a lesbian woman, it, has it been even harder? So here's the thing. I want it to be, I want to have a story that says, I, I decided to do stand, I didn't really decide to stand up, I kind of got suggested into it, and it worked out very well, so I became a comic, and it was very hard as a woman, it was very hard as a lesbian, those things we knew to be true, it was the 90s. I want to say that cert, that women reached out, or this happened, or this happened, because that's the story I want to happen. Right. And that's I wish it were my story. Tell. Exactly. Yes, it is not. But it can be in the sense but that But it doesn't have to be that way anymore. It's exactly true. Well, that's why we started Which is what you guys are doing. That's why we're doing this. That's why you came mm-hmm. to help us. You guys are doing this because ultimately Karen Carpenter wanted to play drums. That's, that's exactly right. How did you know that to say is, that? At Dina. That is bananas. Dina, our right? drummer, who is currently off camera. Would you like to come in, Dina, for a moment? I think, I think Dina, just come on in for one second. This is... Uh, I love this. This is Dina Torriello, our drummer. Coming so in. Just come snuggle right here. Uh, we <laughs> the had way she walked in, she I, swaggered in a little bit. I think, um, I think no speaking of Karen Carpenter, mm-hmm. Dina, why don't you tell Suzanne a little bit about that story did we were talking about? Did you read our bio? Did you, did you no, notice it? No, no. I'm just teasing. It's so bizarre no, because literally really. when we were talking about... I've always known that and it has actually moved me in the world to be more of a feminist knowing that she did not want to be out in front singing, and they made her, put her in her dress and made her stand in front of, with her brother, not even a band. Right. Mm-hmm. They couldn't even let her just sit back there and play drums and sing with that extraordinary voice. They had to make her stand in the front and be a, like a girl. The girl. Be a girly girl. And I think it's what killed her. I believe that to this day. I, I think it's what I, caused her. I believe that's a big part of it. Have and horrible thoughts about yeah, herself. Yeah, yeah. But it's you know she. It's funny that you mentioned her because she is the sole reason why I do what I do. She, I got to meet. No, her. I did not. I got to meet her when I was seven years old. <gasps> and you went to the concert. And I went to the concert. You went to the concert. And I saw you know sitting there. Um, you know, watching her get up because there's a moment where she would do her thing. She'd be featured, Play, and it was right. like an amazing thing. And we watched, mm-hmm, we watched it in the van yesterday. Uh-huh. I made Nini watch it, and it's extraordinary. It was extraordinary. And I remember as a seven-year-old sitting there and just going like, 
that's what I want to do. That's it. That's what I want to be. And then did you feel... Because Solely because of that. But then did you think, <clears throat> wait a minute, oh, she's not getting to do that. Because the way I remember it is being very young and seeing the Carpenters on, like, Midnight Special or mm-hmm. some random show. And her being in the, on the drums and being in the back and thinking, hey, women can do that. That's and being right. kind of proud about it. Right. Like, look at us. Yeah, yeah. But then it was like, oh, no, I guess we can't do that. Because then all of a sudden she wasn't on the drums anymore. Right. right. It was That's always right. her standing in front or beside her brother. To me, <clears throat> it was like, her story was like a, a, a what was it like, damn it, why didn't they let, allow her to just continue to play drums? I felt like her story was the reason for me, obviously I don't play drums, I'm not, no musical talent whatsoever. <laughs> but I, I remember that that's part of my coming into my own as a feminist. Like, why didn't they let her just play drums? Right. And then no one came along to play drums after her. No. Sandy West, actually, was the drummer for The Runaways. Um, and she was probably the late 70s. And nobody knows that name. But yeah. I wish, I seriously wish I had a dollar for every person who still to this day will say to me, oh, Karen Carpenter was a drummer? I didn't know she was a drummer. I'm oh. like, seriously? Like, how do you not know that? I think, uh, right. I still to Most this day don't think don't it's still a big, a big See, that's very well sad. That is so ridiculous. She, and she was like, I mean, I remember it. I guess I'm thinking I was probably like, I must have been like nine or ten. It was such a big deal because we had never seen. I had two older sisters, and my 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 dad left my family when I was like three years old. So we were like this broken home. Right. Oh my god, it was like a terrible thing. God, this does make me sound like a thousand. <laughs> this is the truth of the sixties and seventies. This is the truth. Yeah. Okay, and to see a woman playing the drums was like this groundbreaking. How is week. that happening? And then I very clearly remember that suddenly. We weren't seeing her playing the drums. And they got more and more famous, and she was less and less involved with the drums. And, and that meant something to me. Even as a little girl, I went, right. what? what's happening? Right? Why isn't she playing the drums erased, anymore? Erased. That was so cool when she was playing the drums. Right. Right. And then I, and I, and I felt it, and it, it, it moved me in a real way. Mm-hmm. I was like, why didn't they let her play anymore? Mm-hmm. What happened? Karen Carpenter was a huge influence for you in she terms was. of being a feminist, and you have no musical ability. It's it not have anything to do with my music. Yes. to you. Well, it's not. It, you didn't see her. Well, and knowing say, that she I, wasn't allowed to do what she wanted to right. do, you could tell. Right. It was like I saw it in her right. eyes, and I. And then when she died early, in my own mind, I went check mark. They killed her because they didn't let her play drums. <laughs> she wanted to they play drums. Her. She didn't want to be standing out there. It made her uncomfortable with her body, with right. her. Music with everything else that just became the things that yeah. ultimately killed her. Well, like, you, that's took how it, I feel. you took it to the darkness. What well, I was going to suggest. That's a comedian way. All right. Well, what I was going to suggest dark was that she dark. opened the door for you in the oh, way that she, she gave did. you a glimpse. She did behind the curtain. Correct. She said, "You little girl, you can do this. You can do this. You can be whoever you want to be. Don't be like me." Well, that, that turned into, I mean, that's, okay. it turned it's into her, it, it turned into her, it sadly, it turned into that was the only way that, that she, that was her way. No, it's true. She didn't have someone to look for. That's she right. didn't look to Nobody anyone said. to say, that's you know right. what, guys, I'm not going to stand in front and sing. I'm nope. going to play the drums and do what I want. She didn't have someone to look nope. to. and that's true. She but did not. she gave you a picture what she could do, her potential. And I feel like um, I want, that's what I wanted to do for for the gay community and women. It is the reason that I was open from the start. Right. Even though gay people, straight people, everybody told me, don't do this, it's career suicide. Nobody said, oh, what a great idea. Literally no one. Right. 
from my mom down. You know what I mean? Right. Everybody, but you're funny. You're so funny. You're funny. You don't you're tell. Pretty. Yeah, and you don't look gay. Right. Nobody right. would even have to know. Right. I heard that from gay people and straight people. That's right. All the way through the 90s. Yes. Really. As a woman, you had to reach a higher bar to get yes. to the same place the boys Absolutely. did. Oh, that's. I, I think any every woman comic will tell you. You have to be, it's the old school, you know, you have to be twice as funny. That's right. To get. Absolutely. And you will always be, and it's like, if you are um, a woman and you're a comic and you make any jokes about menstruating. Uh, uh, I just got uncomfortable. If you make any jokes that are about just something that happens just to win it, everybody in the audience will be mad at you. Mm And the guy who runs the club afterwards will say, hey, don't do the stuff about, you know, you, you're such a woman coming, you're leaning on, you're being a woman with that, right. the menstruating, you know what I mean? You're not allowed, and yet every other comic is allowed to lean on being uh, Jewish, black, fat, right. not having an arm, having him, they're allowed to lean not on anything an they want. <laughs> so, so let me ask you You're this, not allowed to lean on being a woman. You're right. not allowed to. If you're right. discouraged anytime you, like, so use that. So even though that's and, your... Who you are. Because every comic leans on something. They have a voice. We basically call it a voice. Uh-huh. It's the voice you bring up first. Right. You know what I mean? And I think the giant overweight comedians are the most, you, that's very obvious. You think, oh yeah, they always, they can never go out there and not talk about their weight. Right. They can't even do it. The audience themselves, after like 10 minutes, is going, does he know he's fat? <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't mentioned being fat yet because they don't allow it. Right. You know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> but if you mention that you're a woman more than once or in any way that's a little uncomfortable, we are. Oh, she's, she's just totally leaning on being playing the chick. woman card. Yeah, this is so lame. So, do you feel though throughout your career that it's ever been an advantage to be a woman or the only woman? Mm. Has it ever worked? For you, rather than against you, is there a way to spin it and find it, the positive um, part of it? I think that in the like '93 and '94, when everybody had a talk show, yeah, and they had to have lesbians on their talk show, and the fact that I was open, and at that time, and this was something we actually said, lesbians actually said that I didn't look gay. Oh, that's right. I think that got me, but that, that wasn't about being a woman. That was about how I looked. Right. That was the Sally Jesse Raphael. But, that, the name of that show was actually Lesbians Who Don't Look, look like, like Lesbians. lesbians. Right. Oh my God, we would not even allow that to happen. That's no. 1991. Sarah would shut that down now. No shit. Sarah Kate but would she should. shut that down. <laughs> but, but it's weird. Like, yeah, so I think in the beginning I got extra attention, not necessarily for being a woman, but for being a woman who looked a certain way. Right. I did, and I think I it wrote your a little baby way. There was a little... And I never thought, but I mean, not not looking like the stereotype, which was no makeup, short hair, right. sporty, you know, the sporty girl, not looking like that. I think that did help me that first like two or three years. Yeah. And then that was it, just for a minute. Right. It was like an advantage that oh well, you don't look like a lesbian. As human beings, we may have made the mistake of thinking that there is just male and female, right from the start. Right. We might have made a mistake there. I think okay? that's interesting. And so that's gonna, and that's created all the drama that continues to happen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, and that if you are the male, here is how you your will role. be. Right. And if you are the female, here is how you be. So there's, so now, um, the transgender community has to basically go, uh, go through surgery to look 
away they have to have, I don't think that that's fair. Like right. They can't just say, I'm a, I'm a woman who, and I'm going to identify as a man, and that's going to be okay. We should be, that should be okay with us. Right. Instead, no, we're still, we're, and we're, I wonder if in 50 years we're going to look back and go, oh, look, we made them have surgery to prove right. Right. that they were men. They were women or, or men. Right. You know what I mean? I, because it seems like nature wouldn't make those kind of giant, huge errors. Is that something we're putting on them? Like, okay, you want to be a woman, well, then you need to have this surgery. You need to take these chemicals right. into your body to well, be a woman feel, or a man. It's, sure it, we feel comfortable in, in certain roles. Even if you're a gay, you know, a gay. woman. If you're, I was going to say, like a, <laughs> you're I was gonna say a dykey okay. yes. woman. Or if you're a femme femme. Or you're, you're in a I love labels because I feel like that's how we know where stuff is. Right. I don't have well, a problem with this. It. Don't you feel like it's part of the same theory that if you like a label because then you know what it is, if you meet a uh, a gay man, he is compartmentalized into then any of his particular But what labels. I'm saying is I think way back in the beginning what we did that was the mistake was look at our genitalia and go, there's just those Boy, two. girl. Nothing else. Right. right. So you can't be, like, maybe there's four. Right. Maybe there's six. Do you know what I mean? Right. And and so now here we are in 2016 talking about how we have compartmentalized the ones who don't have this genitalia can't we're not we don't allow them to do this. Right. We're doing that. That that's the only difference. It's our genitalia. We're saying um, because of your genitalia, you are not going to be. We can't use you tonight on the comedy thing That's right. because we're only having men. Who have, we, we only have we're born with this genitalia, right? Because we just have this, this genitalia, right? Tonight and one with your genitalia. So that's, and I think that's the yeah. And now we're paying for it as as uh, women or people who want to be women or who are defining themselves as women. You, you're a second class citizen because so, of that. Because we've yeah. gone. There's just two, and one is better than the other. Why did we do that? It was a mistake from the start. Well, we can't really go back and do it. No, no, I guess we can't right. go back and not, not on our budget, at least. Well, oh, it's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> we can try if we do some great fundraising this year. Thank you. Thank you for sharing yourself with us. I want to say to young women who are, I'm going to say performers, because that's what I know. Young women who are thinking about being performers, you have to know you're probably going to be part of history. So you might, it might be harder. That's okay. You're going to be a part of history. That's right. It's not, you're not just going to be in it to get famous. That isn't going to be what's happening because you're a chick or because you're a lesbian. That literally you're going to change the world by doing what you do. So stand up with that. Go, yo, I'll go with that and do it. Girls Rising is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. To find out more, donate or volunteer, visit us at girlsrising.org.